Welcome to Dear 20-something. I'm Erica, the host of this podcast, and I'm so excited to have you here. A bit about me, I'm a 20-something social entrepreneur and investor who is navigating the ups and downs of being in my 20s. The Dear 20-something podcast started because we wanted to create a space for ambitious and curious 20-somethings to connect with the successful changemakers they most look up to. While the 20s can be a time full of questions and doubts, we're here to humanize the whole thing. You'll hear from successful trailblazers who will share the highs and lows of their 20s, and you'll also get words of wisdom from some experts who will speak on a certain topic relevant for 20-somethings. And then sometimes it'll just be me on the mic hosting an episode where I share recent reflection or story from my own life, as I too am navigating this wild decade. We're so happy to have you here. Let's get started. Today on this solo episode, I will be walking through my CRM, otherwise known as my customer relationship management platform. I'm doing this episode because a lot of you have asked me about how I stay organized with all my contacts and how to run a fundraising process. And both of those things require a CRM. Uh, If you've worked in business, whether at small startups or at large scale companies, you need a CRM to keep track of everything. So you should be familiar with it. You probably have used one system or maybe two, but there's so many out there. And so today I wanted to kind of walk through briefly how I use mine, what are the different categories I use and buckets I use to hopefully make it easier for any of you that want to create one yourself or want to migrate over into something a little bit more sustainable. The first thing I will say before I get into it is there are CRMs that are marketed as for business and like enterprise team, the enterprise sales teams. And there are some that are marketed as like a personal CRM that is used for your personal contacts. In my opinion, a lot of the personal CRMs, while they have great intentions, are very, very buggy, very hard to use and not worth it. I tried three different ones, maybe like a year ago, and it was terrible. They all had different issues. One of the main bugs was I would type in someone's name and it would pull up a different profile, like a different LinkedIn specifically. So I would say, in my opinion, if you're going to be doing a lot of outreach, if you have a lot of contacts, you should just use a CRM that's built for business because it's going to be less buggy typically. Not always, but typically it is more robust. So there's a lot of Great CRMs, HubSpot, Affinity, Salesforce, those are some of the bigger ones. Some of the smaller personal ones that I personally don't like, Dex, Clay, some of those. I use one that I adore. It's actually Bootstrapped Company, which as you know, I love. Even as a VC, I have mad respect and love Bootstrapped Companies. And it's called Close. Close Close.com, Close CRM, that's what it's called. Um, And the reason I use it is when I was building a startup for a couple years, one of our earliest employees with me was also an early employee at Close. And she did that before she came over to our team. So she brought Close to our team. We all learned how to use it and what it was like. And ever since then, I've honestly just loved the platform. The people that work there are all great. I don't really have good things to say about it. So I'll walk through how I use it now. And hopefully this is helpful. Again, CRMs are really, especially if you're just using it for personal use or for a small startup, like you really should customize it to how it should work for you. I currently am building something as a team of one. So it's kind of a blend of personal contacts and professional contacts, but I love it. It really helps me stay organized. Okay. So in the CRM, I basically have one main contacts list. Most CRMs will have this. Some call it leads, some call it contacts, some have different buckets for them. And for me, what I love about it is it integrates with my Gmail which is amazing for adding 
calendar invites and aggregating all my emails. So I'm going to give an example now. I'm going to go into my, we're doing this live people. So <laughs> let me think of who I want to do. Okay. We'll do to my friend, Kim. Okay. And I'm doing Kim because I had just introduced her to someone. And so she's at the top. Every time some, a new interaction is with someone that brings it right to the top. This is my friend, Kim. And she actually came on the podcast, Kim Johnson. You guys might recognize her. Okay, so I'm going to walk through all the different categories here. So I've clicked her contact. It has her name and it has some custom fields that I've used to describe her. So I've, I've added her email here so that it adds any of the, the email communication we've had. But then I have some custom fields to help me filter. So for every contact, I have role is my first custom field. So for here, I put head of community at Geneva, which is what her job is currently. She runs community at a community startup, which is kind of fun. And then my next custom field is intro from. And this is for me to remember who introduced me to this person or how I know this person. For this one, I put the Dear 20-something podcast because she came on the podcast and that's how we met. Then I have basically my fundraising next steps. So I have several different buckets here. I won't get into too many details there, but like, let's say you need to send someone your deck. Let's say you think someone will make intros for you. Let's say someone will be an investor themselves. Let's say, for me, I just use this as like my very, very baseline way of aggregating kind of like who I've communicated the fundraise to and who I haven't of my friends. This is not how I run my fundraising process, to be very clear. This is just basically what I've communicated with my friends and what they've communicated back to me when it comes to the fundraise, which is a very, very important thing. You need to be keeping track of like who you've sent your deck to, what they've agreed to helping you with, all that good stuff, because that's not part of your your fundraising you know, funnel. Then the fourth custom field is city. This one is extremely, extremely important. I find, especially nowadays, because everyone's traveling all over, that whatever people list as their city on LinkedIn or Twitter is usually actually not where they're based. And it's so amazing when I will go to a new city and I want to host a happy hour, I can literally filter for that city and send an invite out. You know, obviously I kind of eyeball it and remove people maybe that aren't the right fit and maybe add a couple folks who are in the surrounding area, but it's the best. So city, I always add. And then I have this final custom field that's areas of interest. And so for here, Kim doesn't have anything listed because she's not an active investor. But for a lot of my friends that do invest or are angels themselves or are just like really expert founders, I'll add here consumer tech pre-seed or digital health seed or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, climate, you know, food tech, whatever. So that when I'm searching in my CRM search box, it can pull them up as someone. So let's say I'm circulating a deal, it's in a certain space. I can just type in a certain word and it'll come up for me as like kind of my list of people that are interested in that area. And then I can figure out from there who to send something to. So those are my five fields. For everyone, it'll be different what they use. It's really important to customize this. Like I said, I'm just explaining what works for me. I think you can have more than, I mean, I know you can have more than five fields. I think for some of these things, you might have to pay a little extra. So I'm on the plan now that is, I want to say $29.99 a month, which is extremely reasonable for a CRM. They get very, very pricey. And so, yeah, I think there's like, there's more features you can add to basically the basics of what I have, but I'm giving this walkthrough as someone that is building something team of one, not trying to oversplurge. Okay, so I have the custom fields. I've added Kim's email here. If I am on a texting basis with someone, I will also add their phone number. And that's a good trigger for me. Like if we our relationship has progressed to texting, like 
I will probably text them first, especially if I need an urgent response. And it's good for me to have that flagged in my CRM. Then on the right side, which it's just the best setup ever, I basically can filter for notes, emails, texts, calls, meetings, status changes, and task completed. So I'll walk through each of those. Those are basically all the different buckets. My, I don't know what we call them. Like it's basically all the different items, forms of communication I can have with someone. I'll say that, forms of communication. So the first one is notes. And notes is the best because I take notes during every meeting. So let's say I'm going to hop on a call with Kim today. I'm going to create a new note right here in my CRM and take notes. She said this, she said that, you know, then it's going to save for me with the date. So I can look back and I can filter for all our notes and I can look back on every single time we've had a conversation and what all of my notes were. The next bucket is emails. This one I don't add automatically because it's synced to the email, like I said. So, but I can look back at, and I'm looking here, the reason why I used Kim because I introduced her to a founder friend of mine and that's right at the top. So it's all email communication I've ever had with that email. So it's me introducing her to other people. It's me emailing with her directly. It's all of it. So that's really important. I also have several emails that I use, my podcast email, my personal email, my work email. I have this like projects email. Those are all integrated with my CRM. So I've emailed Kim on my personal email, on my old work email, on my podcast email, and all of that is aggregated here. So I don't have to go across a bunch. So yeah, so emails is the next bucket. That's great. I don't use SMS or calls in my CRM, but I know you can. I think that's probably more for like real enterprise sales, which I don't need. I can handle my my texts and my calls on my phone separately. Maybe one day I will integrate those, but for now I do not. Meetings. So we meet, right? We put stuff on Google Calendar and we, we meet. It keeps track of all of those. And then there's status changes and tasks completed at the bottom. So status change is really important. So I have this additional bucket. So separate from custom fields, contact, and all of these forms of communication on the right, I have a status. And every person is bucketed as a status. This is extremely important for me to stay organized and make sure that I'm not dropping the ball on people I need to be contacting or need to be following up with. So my statuses right now are pretty simple. I use other forms to be more detailed, other other fields. But right now, waiting to set up call is the first status. That is the first status someone will get when they get added to my CRM. So that's like the default status, which I will explain in a sec. The second status is friend and willing to help. So there's someone that I now consider as someone in my network. I would call them a friend. And that's the majority of my contacts here are listed as a friend. Then I have a bucket that is a potential investor, which would be someone who would invest in the thing that I'm building right now. So waiting to set up a call, friend and willing to help, potential investor. I won't say the name that I'm using for that because that would reveal what I'm building, but you get that point. And then the fourth bucket is don't set up another call. Those are the four statuses. It's really important to bucket people because I know it sounds crazy, but there are so many people that you will be meeting and that you'll continue to meet. And it's really important to keep that organized, especially when you're sending out communications. Waiting to set up call is someone that I've literally not spoken to on a call yet. So I should not be sending them any communications from me until we set up that call. The friend is someone I can send stuff out to and they're willing to help me and be in my corner. The potential investor is someone I have to be very careful with what I send because I'm hoping that they will invest in the thing that I'm doing. 
And then don't set up another call. That's a bucket that I really reserve for very few people, but that's someone that I'm not looking to meet with again. And that's a variety of different reasons. Okay, so back to the fields of communication. We've done, we did notes, we did emails. I don't do SMS or calls, but those are options. I talked about meetings, I talked about status changes. And then the last bucket is tasks completed. And that one is so valuable for me because when I complete a meeting and I have taken notes, usually there's a few action items. I'm supposed to introduce someone to someone. I should send them an article that I mentioned on the call, follow up on something in September when I'm in a certain city. There's usually multiple action items. So what I do is, and and Close has this baked in, is they have a bunch of tasks and you can set a date for them and you assign a user. I'm the only one using the CRM, so I'm the user. But let's say those three next steps I just mentioned, I'll give the example of find, you know, meet with someone in September when I'm in their city because I know I have a trip planned for then. I will literally create a new task and I will say follow up when I'm in their city and I'll set the date reminder for two weeks before. It's extremely, extremely helpful because it's tying my next steps to the individual contact, which is really how next steps usually are versus being jumbled in some to-do list. And then, of course, it aggregates my tasks chronologically. So every week I can go through and make sure I'm not missing anything. And if a task has been you know, outstanding for too long, I can follow up on it. So that's basically it. It's simple enough, but personalized enough to where it really, really works. And it works for me. Everyone has to figure out what works for them. Let's see what else. So that's my contacts. The tasks I did briefly mention, that's in this thing they call the inbox. That's where they keep track of If you want to read your emails in here, you can and send emails in here, you can. I prefer to use my own email platform tasks they have in here. And this is amazing. And I can just check off stuff and it's it's bucketed to that person. The last thing I wanted to talk about is running a fundraising process with a CRM. And this is something that I think is extremely important. Whether whether you're raising for a startup or for a venture fund, you need to run as tight of a process as you can where you are not forgetting anyone and you're sending follow-ups and you always know at any given point in time exactly what communication you've already had with that person. So there's a tab here in close called opportunities. And that is where you run most of your sales process. And I call fundraising sales because that is really what it is. So I basically have a Kanban board. If you're not familiar what that is, a lot of project management software uses Kanban boards as like one of their features. But basically what it does is it visually shows me columns. Wow. Okay, there's 12 columns here. Those are all my different sales statuses. And all the people are listed under the right column. So you can imagine, you know, my first column is cold lead. So any person I reach out to cold gets bucketed as cold lead. The next bucket is warm lead. This is someone that I've been emailing with or someone promised me an intro to. They get bucketed under warm lead. And you'll see as I'm talking about this, people move from one status to the next to get to the very end. So it's very visual too. It's almost like they're like going down a pipeline. You know, they're going down from column one to column two to column three to column four. And then, you know, if they if it works out, they make it to, let's say, like, you know, column 10 or whatever. So cold lead is the first column. Warm lead is the second column. The third column is first meeting. First meeting means we have a scheduled first meeting. We have not talked yet, but it's on the calendar. The fourth column is post first meeting. So this means we've already chatted and we're working through next steps and figuring out if there's going to be a second meeting or there's not. Then I have this 
bucket called second plus meeting. And this is for folks that I have had second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth meetings with. It's basically like there's a real opportunity here for investment and we want to have more calls. Then my next column is on hold but open. So this is how, especially with the thing that I'm building works, it's a lot about timing. It's a lot about having people come in at the right moment. And so a lot of folks are interested, but still needing extra info or wanting to come in at a later time. And so that's a really important one for me because a lot of folks are on hold. They're in this weird limbo and you need a status to represent that. Then I have two buckets here for actually three. So the next three categories are people who are investing or have invested, but they all are slightly different. And again, this is what works for me. You need to do what works for you. The three buckets here are regular investor, committed, but hasn't wired. So that's one category. Then one is small friends and family investor. That's another bucket. So the regular investors obviously are going to be bigger numbers. The smaller friends and family numbers are going to be smaller. And then the third bucket is one slash wired. And those are the people that have sent money. So those are the three buckets. I think they're all very important. You know, you obviously you have money in the bank and you've soft circled money. And then between the soft circled, I do think it's important to split it up between like small checks and big checks, just so you have a better sense of how strong your pipeline is. And then there's a lost column, which I actually don't use. Oh my God, this is actually really funny and probably an important mindset thing. I just have a column next to that that says potential in future. <laughs> so I never bucket anything is lost. I just put it in potential in future which is kind of funny. So if, it, if it's a no for whatever reason, there's two buckets. There's potential in future, which means maybe what I'm building isn't the right fit now. Maybe it will be in a few years because the thing I'm building isn't like a one-time thing. And then the second bucket I have is they would never invest slash I won't let them. And that's sort of like a, there's a fundamental values difference. There's a fundamental thesis difference where like it really would never be a fit. Or I just like really didn't like them and how they treated me or someone else or whatever. And so basically when it gets to the very end of the pipeline, there's three options it can go into, like I said, you know, soft circled big investor, soft circled small investor, and actually wired final investor. And then there are two no areas where it can go. Potential in future and I won't invest. They won't invest or I, I won't let them invest. And so that's basically how it's listed. So I guess actually this lost column doesn't really exist. So I have 11 columns here that I use. And for me, it's really helpful to visualize it. I'm a really visual person. And I really like to always know at any given point in time where someone is in my pipeline. And then I also have like a separate air table that I use with like all my notes and like miscellaneous contacts and stuff. Usually people just get added to the sales pipeline once there is like some form of contact established. Otherwise it would get a little bit too crowded. So yeah, that's basically my CRM. There's a lot more you can do with it. You know, you can filter by people I haven't spoken to in over three months and want to reconnect with. You can filter it by people that are in the waiting to set up a call status that haven't that I haven't set up a call with and it's been over, you know, three months. There's a lot of things you can do. You can send emails from here. You can export some reports. For me, I keep it really simple. Sales pipeline, leads, and tasks. But you can really get detailed if you want to. 
And so, yeah, that's basically how I use my CRM. I think it's really important that everyone that is trying to up-level in their career, especially in the tech world, because there's just so many people that you're meeting, you do need a really good system for keeping track. And it's probably not a Google Sheet. It's probably not some Notion table. It probably is like a cheap CRM that isn't buggy. And so this is a solution that works for me. Let me know if you have any questions. I hope this is helpful. I'm going to put in the show notes as well a link to close if you do want to download it. They didn't pay me for any of this. It's just genuinely a, a platform I really like using and I've tried so many. So anyway, hope this is helpful. Best of luck in your CRM discovery journey and let me know if you have any questions. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dear 20-something. If you enjoyed it, you can give us a follow over at Dear 20-something on Instagram or subscribe here or anywhere you get podcasts.